0: Hello, Pastor Malcolm here, and welcome to our prayers and Bible message for Sunday, the 26th of July. Let's begin with some words from Psalm 33, from verses 1 to 5. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-strings lyre. Sing to him a new song play skillfully and shout for joy for the word of the lord is right and true he is faithful in all that he does the lord loves righteousness and justice the earth is full of his unfailing love maria is going to pray for us now father god we thank you for this day this day that you have made lord and that you have called us to rejoice in And Father God, we thank you that you love us. Thank you that you forgive us. Thank you that you rejoice over us, Lord. And Father God, as we come today, Lord, um, to hear your word, Father God, I just pray that our hearts and our minds will be completely open to you. In Jesus' name, amen. The reading is from Acts chapter 6 and from verses 1 through to verse 7. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Greek-speaking Jews amongst them complained against the Hebrew-speaking Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It wouldn't be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. So brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom and we will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. May God bless his word to us. On the 25th of May, just two months ago, George Floyd died as he was being arrested by Minneapolis police officers. Video footage showed that the violent actions of the arresting officer led directly to his death. As a result, millions of people around the world protested at the continuing racism and prejudice towards black people. Baptists have consistently identified themselves with those facing injustice. Sam Sharp, who was a deacon at Birchill Baptist Church, Montego Bay in Jamaica, he led a rebellion against plantation owners in 1832 and was executed for his trouble. His picture can still be found on a Jamaican $50 bill martin luther king jr who was pastor at dexter avenue baptist church in montgomery alabama led the protests against segregation in the usa in the 1960s a commitment which as with sam sharp ultimately cost him his life also we shouldn't be surprised with these forefathers of ours meddling in the politics of their day when there were injustices that needed to be overcome The prophet Amos, around 700 years before Christ, had told the Israelites that their worship was meaningless if they didn't work for justice and righteousness. He wrote, this is in Amos chapter 5, verses 23 to 24, Away with the noise of your songs! I will not listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Coming back to our text in Acts 6, we find that it's talking about an injustice in the church, and it should be no surprise then to find the apostles wanting to deal with it quickly. The problem was that there were many widows in Jerusalem. Some of them were Hebrew-speaking, and they'd been there all their lives, and they were well looked after by their synagogues. However, some of them, the Greek-speaking ones, had migrated to Jerusalem later in life, And had not been looked after by their synagogues in the same way. As the widows became Christians and came together within the Christian church, the difference became apparent between the two sets of widows, those who were getting well looked after, well fed, and those who were suffering. And the unfairness was there for everyone to see. People were beginning to complain. What were the apostles to do about it? Well, we find that they did three things, and they're important things for us to learn for today for us today in today's church. Firstly, they acknowledged the problem. It's there in verse two. Before you can fix a problem, you have to acknowledge it and take the time to understand it. In this case, the complaining had reached the ears of the apostles and they were quick to grasp the importance of it, both for the well-being of the widows and for the unity of the church. So the first thing was they acknowledged the problem. The second thing was that they empowered others to resolve it, there in verse 3. This is the first evidence we have of a church meeting in Acts. They called all the disciples together, this was the whole church, all the followers of Jesus, and asked them to choose from among you those who can take care of the Greek-speaking widows. They wanted people who on the one hand were familiar with the needs of these widows and who spoke their language, hence you see the Greek names in the uh, uh, the, the, the deacons, the, those who asked to serve. But also they had to be full of the spirit and wisdom. It wasn't enough to be practically equipped. The apostles were looking for those who were following Jesus and were in tune with the mission of the church. So that was the second thing, they empowered others to resolve it. Thirdly, they understood their own priorities. It's there in verse 4. I'm sure the apostles could have done this work if if they uh, put their mind to it, but that wasn't the calling God had for them at this time. And to be fair, there probably were others better able to serve these widows, those who would do a better job. Released from this responsibility, the apostles were able to focus their attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. In other words, the preaching, the teaching, the outreach. I sympathise with them. For me personally, one of the benefits of lockdown has been the freedom to have more time for studying the word, praying and preparing materials to serve and encourage others, whether through the emails, grow group materials or recordings such as this. There haven't been so many problems related to the smooth running of the building or to attend to, you know, block toilets, that kind of thing, or other things and meetings, which can be very important things to do. But sometimes you can feel like you're doing things that aren't really in your job description. It's something I hope I can maintain as I come out of lockdown, have a clearer picture of the things that are important, the things that God wants me to do. And I'm sure this is true for you too. There are things that you've not been able to do during lockdown that you could quite honestly do without, and not go back to. Similarly, you may have given more time to things that you'd like to continue uh, doing and give more time to. We all, from time to time, need to take stock as to whether we're spending our time doing the things that matter most. Here's the thing. As you look at this passage in Acts 6, the outcome was a win-win for everyone. The widow's needs were addressed. The unfairness and the injustice was eradicated. Some new disciples were empowered to serve, and the apostles, well, they were set free to continue their pioneering work planting new churches. Sometimes we can see conflicts as something to be fearful of, but we can learn from this passage that if we approach them intentionally, prayerfully, and with wisdom, we can come through these conflicts to a better, stronger, and more healthy place. Everyone is better equipped to serve God and build his church if we get it right. We may not be heroes of the magnitude of Sam Sharp and Martin Luther King Jr. But we will be heroes of a kind by making small changes that can make a big difference in people's lives. In the last part of our time together, I want to share some news from Tiafund. Fund is one of the mission organisations that we support as a church. And this article is in their magazine, which came out this week. Let me read a little bit of it to you. It says this, We didn't make Ruth a somebody. She was never a nobody, but life can feel like that. When we first met Ruth in a poor community in Nigeria, she spoke of how she lay awake at night worrying about how she would provide food for her children, how she would pay for their education. She did back-breaking manual work, but still couldn't seem to make enough money. She struggled to concentrate on day-to-day things. My mind was far away, she says. I was with other mothers from the village. They asked me why I was so quiet. but my thoughts were in another place. Home life was a torment too. Ruth's children would beg her for food but she struggled to provide for them and her relationship with her husband was very difficult. But then Ruth started to notice some people in her village doing things slightly differently. It started with roofs, as in roofs on the top of your house. People were using a new way to keep their homes dry and their possessions from rotting in the rainy season. Discovering that this was the result of things they were learning and sharing in a self-help group being run by one of our church partners, Ruth joined up and things began to change, not least her. Self-help groups are self-help in that they empower people like Ruth to take their own brave steps out of poverty and regain their self-respect. Really though, they are about community help, church help, family help and Christ the Saviour help. Life hasn't suddenly lost all challenges for Ruth. This year her daughter had to be hospitalised three times. But things have got significantly better. By saving money and using the practical information and encouragement of the group members, alongside the Bible studies that form part of the group's meetings, Ruth and her husband have managed to earn some income growing and selling potatoes. This has enabled them to pay for their daughter's medical bills and also some necessities for the family. Ruth has also bought fertiliser to increase their crops and has bought a pig to rear. Ruth's husband also spoke about how much better the relationship has become between them. He admitted that prior to their involvement with Tiafun's church partner, he would often mistreat his wife if she upset him. Today, if there is a matter, he says, we talk over it and resolve the problem. So you can see the difference that uh, Tia has made in this person's life. And we're going to pray now and uh, thank God uh, for stories such as these um, to, and to pray for the continuing work of Tia Fund. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the good news about Ruth and the things she's been learning through the self-help group. Thank you that she's better able to feed her family, improve her life and learn more about Jesus through these groups. We pray that her community will continue to improve their lives as they work together in Jesus' name. We pray for Tear Fund, that they will have the funds and the right people to continue to bless poor communities in this way. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example of the apostles as they resolved the conflict in the early church. Thank you, Lord, that the church was able to empower others to care for the forgotten widows and ensure they were cared for. We pray for all those who suffer injustice. We pray that those in authority would act, the people's hearts would be changed and new opportunities would emerge. Father God, we thank you that the word of God continued to spread and many came to faith. We pray for the injustices and conflicts in our time. We pray we may see repentance and renewal and that by working together, we can change people's lives for the better. Come Holy Spirit, empower us and enable us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you suffered death so we might live. Thank you for your sacrifice and the hope you bring, in Jesus' name. Amen. We close our time together simply sharing the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.